Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis, and I am joined by Father Brian Christensen today, who, just so you guys can all be thankful for Father Brian, he brought me coffee, just the way I like it, with cream, and little tea biscuits. So what a way to start the morning. Good morning, Karen. Good to be here on this Friday for uh, Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting, as we usually do, high Hi. above <laughs> Cathedral Drive. Here at Our Lady Perpetual Not Help high. Broadcasting Booth. Not, Not high. high. High above. High above. High above. Um, again, uh, you know, it's a, it's a clear sky here. It's a little windy, windy, a windy day and a little cooler. But I heard that there is snow in our neighbor to the south in Colorado. So oh, uh, and be Even grateful. in the Denver area. And we got to be grateful <clears throat> then for what we have here. Yep. And maybe a little moisture on the way for our farmers and ranchers and our gardeners here. So we can uh, always use a little bit of, of that rain. Um, but yeah, great Friday, uh, St. Bernardine of Siena, Bernardino di Siena, um, <laughs> 15th awesome. century, yeah, 15th century uh, Franciscan, great preacher known for his love of uh, and promotion of the holy name of Jesus, the holy name of Jesus. So, Should we pray? I'm all into that. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we give you thanks and praise, especially in this Easter season, as we celebrate the joy of the resurrection of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who through his death and resurrection has triumphed uh, over sin and death and given us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, a share in uh, the abundance of life that is communion with him and the bright promise of eternal life. We ask you to bless us, bless our listeners, and um, guide them today with your holy will. Uh, through the intercession of St. Bernardine of Siena, may the holy name of Jesus uh, be in our hearts and in our minds and proclaimed with great glory and joy uh, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We have a full lineup today. We do. Lots of great stuff going on in the Universal Church, the local church, the church across the United States, and even right here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City. So I'm excited. I know you are. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. I'm like, this is going to be amazing because no, the lineup is great. The lineup is great. We're, uh, we're going to talk about Eucharistic Revival, yep. uh, the great initiative of uh, the bishops of the United States and how that's taking place uh, here in the Diocese of Rapid City. We're going to talk about the St. Joseph's Hall that's being built here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And later in the show, we're going to talk about Flourishing Families, the strategic plan for the Diocese of Rapid City. So uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of uh, amazing work of the Holy Spirit that's prompting us to look forward, you know, to look forward with great hope. Right. Well, we have our first guest on the line already. Okay, Shauna Hansen. Good morning, Shauna. Good morning, Father Brian. How are you today? Good to welcome you back to Real Presence Live. You've been here a few times for various uh, various reasons and uh, occasions. And right now, uh, we're talking about the Eucharistic Revival, which has been an initiative of the United States Catholic of Conference Bishop of Conference of Bishops. And here in our own diocese, Bishop Mewich has uh, taken up uh, the leadership for this 
whole um, initiative, but first tell us about yourself uh, and then your involvement in the Eucharistic Revival for the Diocese of Rapid City. Sure. Um, so, Brett and my husband, Brett, and I are parishioners at the cathedral. Uh, uh, we've been longtime residents of the Diocese of Rapid City. We moved here in 1990, uh, raised our five children um, here. They're all grown now um, and not too far away. We have one living in Rapid and one in North Dakota and two in Minnesota and one who travels between Minnesota and home because he's a seminarian for the diocese. So. He- yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, what's your uh, son uh, up to this summer as a seminarian for the Diocese Rep? Is Josiah? <laughs> yeah. Joe. So, yeah, Josiah. So he will, uh, he's an undergrad um, philosophy major, and so our undergrad seminarians typically do our Duke and Altum program over the summer, which is called Totus Tuus everywhere else in the country, but called Duke and Altum in our diocese. So he'll be traveling around with three other young adults and um, doing week-long catechetical programs in our parishes. Um, so it's a great opportunity for our seminarians to get to know the diocese, to get to know the different parishes. And he, uh, he did it last summer, too, and that was his favorite part, was just meeting the different people of our diocese and learning more about the different parishes. So. I know I know. over the years that Duke and Alton has been going around the, the diocese here that uh, also um, when, our, when our men, you know, uh, God willing, are ordained, priests that many of them are excited because now they've grown up knowing these uh, young men and now they see them enter into the priesthood and it's just been a real cause of joy for many families and many young people that said hey he came to my parish when I was in sixth grade you know that's right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so, good. Uh, good program. It is wonderful on both sides. Uh, so, Eucharistic revival. What's uh, how did you get involved with Eucharistic revival? What's your role? Yeah. So, my role is I'm the point person for the Diocese of Rapid City. So, when the United States Bishop called for this initiative in November, they asked, requested that every diocese in the country appoint a points person who would kind of be the connection between the diocese and the USCCB on this initiative. And so I got a call from Sister Christine, our chancellor, and saying that my name had been surfaced. I don't know who did that favor for me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> asked if I would be willing to take it on. And, and I, yeah, prayed about it. I had no idea what I was saying yes to, but I figured that was a good sign that the Holy Spirit would lead us. And so I said yes, and here I am. So. Yeah, no, it's really, really wonderful. Um, what are some of the things that are in the works, or maybe just to begin with, what's the aim uh, of the Eucharistic revival as you understand it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's flesh that out a little bit. So, um, so there was a CARA study um, pre-COVID that uh, showed that only thirty percent of Catholics in the United States uh, believed in Jesus' true presence in the Eucharist. And that statistic really disturbed the United States bishops. So they had been in conversation, um, you know, how how should we respond to this? We need to um, and do something about it. And at that time, Bishop Barron was the committee chairman for the Committee on Evangelization and Catechesis for the USCCB. So he had some great ideas, and things were in the works. And then COVID happened, and that kind of um, scuttled their plans for a while. But in November, uh, this past November... Uh, the U.S. bishops did approve a national Eucharistic um, revival, and uh, that's now led by Bishop Cousins, who's in our listening area. He's the Bishop of Crookston, and he is the director of the 
of the Committee now on Evangelization and Catechesis. And so uh, he has a beautiful video online um, that that I can send, uh, we can uh, give our listeners the link to if they want to watch just a four-minute summary from Bishop Cousins' perspective. But but it, essentially, um, they have laid out uh, for, the, for the United States a mission and a vision and some pillars to try to kind of lay a framework um, because their desire is not to have a new program, but to create a movement. Um, and so their, their mission is to renew the Church by enkindling a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Eucharist. That's their goal. And then their vision is to create this movement of Catholics across the United States who are healed, converted, formed, and unified by an encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist, and then sent out on mission for the life of the world. So it's a big vision, it's a big mission, it's beautiful, um, it kind of lays the groundwork for us um, and, and for our diocese and every diocese in the country to kind of take that vision and make it our own. Um, so they've also given us five pillars, so they would really like us to focus on um, uh, fostering encounters with Jesus through, uh, through a proclamation of the gospel and then experiences of Eucharistic devotion um, through beauty in the liturgy, uh, through clear and um, compelling catechesis, um, and then through service to those in need. Um, and then they really want to um, they really want to reach the smallest unit in every parish. So that would be families and individuals. That's another one of their pillars. And then um, to embrace and learn from the various rich um, intercultural Eucharistic traditions that we have in our country. Uh, Bishop Cousins uses as an example that the largest mass held every year in the United States is uh, is at a Vietnamese gathering every year. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so that's kind of what the the U.S. bishops have laid out for us. They have a three year timeline. Um, the whole thing opens up uh, this coming June at the, on the Feast of Corpus Christi, and that launches a year, they ca- they're calling the diocesan year, and then the following year, um, so 2023 to 2024, will be a parish year. Then in July of 2024, we will have in the United States a National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis, for which Bishop Cousins hopes to have 80,000 participants. So that will be very exciting. It'll be styled like a World Youth Day. And then those who go to the Congress will be sent out on mission for a year of mission to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's that's the their, that's their vision. That's what we're working with. So it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, very exciting. I can hear the kind of excitement in your own voice. Um, as you've uh, kind of, you know, entered into this, um, you're not doing this alone. Where are you getting your support? Where are you getting your collaboration? Where are you getting your um, kind of uh, help and assistance? Yeah, so uh, I'm grateful. I have a wonderful committee. Um, So I have representatives on our diocesan committee from each of the deaneries in our diocese, so from all over the diocese. Um, other committed lay people and a priest, and then Sister Christine, the chancellor, is also on our committee. So We've gathered, we've been meeting um, monthly um, ever since January, and um, yeah, and they have been a great help and support. And then in addition, you know, I've spoken to the Presbyteral Council twice. The priests of our diocese are also very excited about this and have been very supportive, and Bishop Peter um, as well. He's, he's really um, a, a great support for this initiative. So, 
Oh, yeah, no, it's really fantastic. Um, are, are you in contact with any of the other kind of coordinators around the region or around the United States? Is there any kind of guidance that you get coming, you know, in that collaboration on the national level? Right, yeah. The, I, the Committee on Catechesis and Evangelization has been sending out to us a monthly kind of update email, and then they've had two webinars where any any of the point persons from all over the country are invited to participate um, they haven't they haven't opened those up to widely wide discussion because the crowd is so large, you know. Sure, but they sure. they have different subcommittees working on different pieces of this for the nation, and they give us reports and kind of tell us what's coming up, you know, with them. And so, yeah, it's been good. I think they've done a really nice job of um, keeping us informed and and uh, promising us lots of help and resources. So, as you have kind of just begun to unroll. Uh, uh, this um, initiative in the Diocese of Rapid City and talking with priests, talking with lay leaders uh, around, what's the general response that you've gotten? I mean, is this like, oh, this is another program or this is another kind of initiative? Where's this going and why are we doing this? And Or is there another kind of response that you've gotten? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, the, the response I've gotten uh, overwhelmingly positive. Whenever I lay this out for people, they're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. We need this so much. What can I do to help? <laughs> you know? Um, right. So they, yeah, yeah, it's been very positive. No, that's really good. And as you look at it personally, what are some of the things that you're excited about as you've delved in this? I mean, you're, you know, you're kind of on the cutting edge for many of us Catholics uh, in this revival. And we're hoping that, you know, the enthusiasm and the things that you've learned will now spread out beyond your team and into parishes and into our communities. But what are you like, what's really exciting to you about this Eucharistic Revival initiative? Yeah, well, I really like the idea that the U.S. bishops have laid out that it's a movement, not a program. Um, I, I like that a lot because I think it acknowledges the fact that um, whatever we do to try to bring people around to the truth and the beauty of the Church, it, it's more than just catechesis. It's more than just Eucharistic, you know, adoration. It has to be comprehensive, and we really, our goal has to really be to move people's hearts and and give them a true encounter of Jesus and help them to learn how to pray, to help them to learn how to really love Him. And then once, once a person's heart is caught on fire, you know, then there's no stopping them. So yeah. that's one of the things I love about it. It's very, it's very comprehensive, um, and it has... Uh, within it, a lot of flexibility to make it work however it works in your particular parish or your particular diocese. I like that as well. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, um, no. And, and it, well, and we're I, talking and with... I feel like we're all... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, we're talking with Shauna Hansen, and we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the particular aspects of the Eucharistic Revival here in the Diocese of Rapid City. We'll be right back. Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. You're listening to Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota, from the Our Lady of Perpetual Help broadcast booth. I'm Father Brian Christensen. <laughs> I always love when you say broadcast booth. I'm Karen Gibis, and we're actually in Father's office. It's our broadcast booth for the day, right? I mean, this got high-tech equipment. We're yep. talking for, to people around the world um, and uh, throughout the church. We're excited today. We're talking with Shauna Hansen. She's leading the charge here for the Diocese of Rapid City for Eucharistic Revival. And there's a lot of excitement, as Shauna has expressed, uh, with regard to... Um, the attitudes of people, the attitude of our priests and deacons and religious, that even in these initial days of planning and strategizing and um, conceiving of what, what we might do going forward to, to live out this vision uh, of Eucharistic revival in the United States and here locally, that there's a lot of, a lot of hope. A lot of joy, a lot of anticipation. And just before the break, Shauna, you were mentioning some of your own excitements about this, and I had to cut you off. So uh, let's pick up where we left off. What, what were you kind of saying about uh, this movement uh, as opposed to just a program? Yeah, well, I, I, I love that, it's, that we're in it for the long haul. You know, this isn't just like, oh, we're going to have this flashy program and then it's all going to be over. But, but no, we're just committing ourselves to a to, I think, a long haul of fostering, first of all, um, re-enkindling or enkindling love for Jesus of Eucharist in our own hearts, and then passing that on to others. And uh, I think we're just going to work on a 
on a cultural change in the church, and it's it's a long term project. It's not just a just a program. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, no, that's very good. You know, I think sometimes we we do think in programmatic ways. You know, in our in our culture and, and even in the church. Like if we set up a really good program, you know, things are going to go really really well. Um, and there are good programs, right? There's no doubt about that. They're good programs and they have their place and stuff. But it seems to me that um, most importantly, programs and events are excuses or occasions, let's say, uh, for deeper relationships, deeper relationships among us uh, as Catholic men and women and families, but also uh, excuses or occasions for increasing our relationship in, uh, with Jesus Christ. And the Eucharist, obviously, is the source and summit uh, of our faith and I guess maybe the Eucharistic revival, as you laid out the pillars, the the center of that is renewing our relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, first of all, in our own hearts, and then in the hearts of those we love and encounter every day, and then yeah, just spread the fire one by one. That's how Jesus did it, and that's what the Church is, I think, calling us to do. So, Yeah, I get to thinking about Jesus's... Uh, program if you will his movement is was relationships like he he wanted to build relationships one at a time 12 at a time 3000 at a time in some ways but you know we're really you know as we see through the acts of the apostles in this easter season so much of of this relationship paul barnabas the the other uh besides philip peter they're going out and they're meeting people one on one or in families and sharing sharing their relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's the movement. And I think uh, focusing on Jesus truly, really substantially present in the Eucharist is part of that. Shauna Hansen leading the charge for the Diocese of Rapid City with our Eucharistic revival. What has the diocese got planned for kicking off uh, the Eucharistic revival here in Western South Dakota? Yes, we are going to kick it off in a big way. I'm very excited. So on the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is June 19th, we're going to open the Eucharistic Revival with a diocesan-wide Mass, followed by a Eucharistic procession, which will leave the cathedral and go down 5th Street all the way to Memorial Park Banshell, where we will have benediction and then a picnic sponsored by four local Knights of Columbus councils. So um, that's just going to, yeah, it's going to be a great kickoff. We're hoping um, for 500 at least participants. So this is my personal invitation to all of the <laughs> listeners <laughs> to please come and celebrate with us on this day with Bishop Peter and the rest of us. Um, there's some special things. Uh, one, uh, thanks to St. Francis Mission, right, we have a very special monstrance that we're going to use. Um, that monstrance was donated to St. Francis Mission by St. Catherine Drexel, um, and they have graciously loaned it to the diocese, so we will use that for the Eucharistic procession. And then that monstrance will be traveling around the diocese in the coming year to different parishes. Um, as different parishes can use it and then host a holy hour or a longer time of adoration just to kind of extend um, the celebration that will open up the revival. Um, we are inviting a lot of, diff- of our different cultural groups in our diocese to participate in a particular way um, by contributing a song from their culture in their native language and uh, then also to process with us in native dress if that's appropriate. So, so the Nigerian community is participating in the Filipino community and the Hispanic community and the Native American community. So I'm excited to see 
I just think that could be a beautiful visual symbol of our diocese and its diversity and also in its unity around the Eucharist. Um, first communicants have a special invitation to participate, to come in their First Communion dresses or outfits, and um, then and to bring flower petals, and we'll put them in front of the monstrance, and um, they'll be able to lay flower petals in front of Jesus as we profess. So we're also excited about that. Um, we're, we're, it's, it begins at 3 p.m. on a Sunday intentionally to allow our priests to come from around the diocese and uh, be a part of the procession as well. And our deacons, um, we have several seminarians that will be able to join us, and the pontifical servers from the cathedral. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a beautiful celebration. Very excited about it. <laughs> wow. So we're talking Corpus Christi, June 19th, coming up here just a, a month away. Just a month away. Yes, just a month away. Oh, and I just heard yesterday, right, that, that uh, the Adoration Committee had visited with you, Father, and they're going to put out our Blessed Carlos Acutis Eucharistic Miracles display, right, yes. ahead of Corpus Christi. So that will all be set up. So that, if you don't know about it, Blessed Carlos Acutis is one of, the, one of our patron saints for the revival, and he is a teenager who passed away from cancer, an Italian, and had a great devotion to the Eucharist, and put together a website that has, I, how many, like 128 Eucharistic miracles or something mm-hmm, like that? Mm-hmm. And they're all nicely um, put down in um, on panels, and the cathedral has all of those panels, and they are going to set them up in the basement of the cathedral and uh, allow people to kind of make a little mini pilgrimage um, looking at all of those Eucharistic miracles um, prior to Corpus Christi. So I believe that display will be up from June 11th through Corpus Christi. So um, would encourage you to make a trip to the cathedral if you're local anytime. But if you're coming from outside of the Rapid City area, just come early and, uh, and walk through the Eucharistic miracles before Mass and procession. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. Uh, all the stuff that's taking place June 19th, uh, that Sunday here coming up in just a month, beginning with that 3 o'clock Mass with uh, Bishop uh, Peter, uh, and then the procession that'll go out. And as uh, Shauna was just mentioning, this beautiful display of Eucharistic miracles that was put together by this uh, teenager, um, blessed uh, Carlos Acutis, uh, um, who's laid to rest right now, is uh, in uh, Assisi. And it's easy where his family uh, vacationed often and spent a lot of time. So um, just a really beautiful thing. As she said, they'll be available here at the cathedral um, June 11th uh, on through the 19th. Um, But yeah, if you're coming from out of town, Saturday will be open. Sunday will be open to be able to make that pilgrimage uh, through the um, various Eucharistic miracles that have taken place in the church uh, throughout the, the ages all the way up to our own day. We're talking with uh, Shauna Hansen, leading the charge for Eucharistic Revival here in Western South Dakota for the Diocese of Rapid City. Um, and the great kickoff event on June 19th, Sunday, starting at 3 p.m. Tell us a little bit about a procession, a Eucharistic procession. Like, what, what can people anticipate? Um, and a little bit of the logistics. How, where can they park? How are they going to, if they walk to Memorial Park, um, which is a couple miles, how are they going to get back? Like, can you talk to, like, people are, like, wondering, like, okay, I'm going to go to Mass, and then I'm going to follow the bishop with the Eucharist down to Memorial Park. Uh, then what, Sean? Then what? I'm, then yeah, what? right. <laughs> That's a great question, and those are the kind of logistical details we're working out. But we actually have 
We have three buses chartered that will make trips back to take people back to their cars, like so from the park. And they're actually going to make two stops. They're going to stop at Immaculate Conception Church and then also at the cathedral. So Immaculate Conception Church, which is the original cathedral at the diocese, is down Fifth Street uh, more than a mile. So the the total route of the procession, if we walk it, will is 1.8 miles. But if you feel like 1.8 miles is too much for you, you are welcome to come to Mass and get in your car and drive down Fifth Street to Immaculate Conception Church, park there, and then join the procession just for the last half mile. And so, um, and then, yeah, after the picnic, we'll run these buses back to both churches until everyone is back in their cars. Yeah. So processions are an old, old tradition in the church. Um, it's just an opportunity for us to to take Jesus to the streets, literally, right? Um, they'll be, we'll have songs, we'll have prayers, um, we'll walk behind the bishop, uh, uh, we'll have servers, we'll have a candle bearer and cross bearer and, and thurifers. And so it's just a very, um, a very festive, a very reverent um, way for us to proclaim the truth that Jesus is truly present. He is really with us. Um, yeah, and to celebrate that, worship him, um, proclaim him. Yeah, I know. I think it is a really beautiful thing, you know, the that we have communion with Christ, um, we adore him, and we process with him. And that is really the, the whole the whole Christian life is based on that. And, and in the sacramental way that the bishops are proposing and that we have planned for uh, June 19th, that Sunday of Corpus Christi, um, is really a living out in a very... Uh, tangible, sacramental, concrete way of, of praise and thanksgiving to God that we're, we first enter into communion with him at Mass, we adore him, we, then we carry him, literally carry him um, sacramentally out into the community, just like we're supposed to do every single day in our thoughts, our words, our deeds, to, to bring Christ to the world. And here we do that in just a really beautiful way. All right, uh, Sean, we have 30 seconds. Final thoughts, final words for encouragement and anticipation. Yeah, well, just that if anybody wants to know more about the National Roots Revival or what's happening in our diocese, they can go to the diocesan website, rapidcitydiocese.org backslash revival. We have all the details about the procession. Um, we have Bishop Cousins' video there, and we'll have more and more things added to that um, webpage as we flush things out in this coming, yeah, three years. So. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all that you're doing. We're anticipating the great celebration here in Western South Dakota and across our listening area. Uh, so thank you to Shauna Hansen. Karen, we'll be back after the break with... We're going to be talking with Mike and Paula Wilson about the new parish hall here at the cathedral. So- See you after the break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 